Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, Devils fans are back on their bullshit. Once again, we are having to have this pointless conversation of who the greatest goalie of all time is. Devils fans, in their delusional nature, once again, are arguing that Martin Brodeur is a better goalie all time than Dominic Hasek, which, as we all know, is just a laughable premise. So let's go through some stats really quick, Taylor, and then I'm going to turn it over to you to get your insight. Career save percentage. Dominic Hasek, 922, which is first all time. Martin Brodeur, 912. Years leading the NHL in save percentage. Hasek, six. Brodeur never finished higher than third. Save percentage over 920 in a season. And keep in mind with this one, especially that Brodeur has played, I believe, about 500 more games than Hashik has in his career. But again, save percentage over 920 in a season. Hashik, eight. Brodeur, three. MVPs, Hashik, two. And the only goalie to ever win the award twice, Brodeur, zero. Vesna trophies, again, with Hashik playing less seasons than Brodeur and not becoming a full-time starter in the NHL until 26. Vesna's Hashik, six. Brodeur, four. Seasons with Hall of Fame defensemen. Hashik, five. Brodeur, 10. Taylor, where's the argument for this? I, I cannot, for the life of me, begin to look at those stats, which... Let's also keep in mind, too, that going back, you know, into the prior to I, I forget the year that the cutoff is, but some advanced stats, too, weren't accessible to us back then, like things like uh, goal save above expected, um, things like that, that we really use to, to measure goalies effectiveness now. But those stats right there, how can somebody look at all of that information, all of that data right there and say, you know what? the other guys better. So first of all, welcome to August, everyone. (laughs) Um, We we're talking about this because the hockey news put out a poll last week and they put out the three choices for who is the best as Broder, Juan Hashik, which always seems to be uh, the, the choice. It strikes me as weird that the three best goalies of all time would all play, all play at the same time. And you know what? I don't think they all did. If I'm being honest about it, mm. if I feel feeling frisky. I mean, it's easy to put him in top three because Wah has 
well, Wah had some records before Broder, like in terms of the wins record. And then Wah also, he won four cups and he has the most con Smythes. I mean, he was always on really good teams. Right. The Wah, one seems obvious, Broder, absurd longevity, and then Hashik, all the stuff you just laid out there. But yeah, it's it's so weird to me. We keep doing this like every few months and it's really annoying. It's really, I, I don't understand it because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this to you in a different way because the Devils fans are way more successful than Sabres. No, well, devil, the Devils are more successful. I'm not going to say their fans are. The Devils fans have experienced more success. All Devils fans are lawyers and doctors and surgeons, some astronauts. I mean, way more successful people living in New Jersey. It's Come on, man. You know what they do in New Jersey. You know they're not doctors. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, honestly. Our though, New Jersey Sabres fans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Russ. So <laughs> it's it's uh it's annoying because they have these cups three cups five appearances a bunch of playoff appearances and they still want to get in this argument and i'll i'll make a comparison since we're yankees fans how often are you interested in getting in arguments about Derek jeter being better than x player of this generation like i like to yeah go ahead yeah i'm interested i like to point out because there's a lot of there's a stupid growing movement of he wasn't actually good or whatever it's like he was actually good i think that having 3500 hits is good but i would never be like if someone's like adrian beltre was better than Derek cheater i'm like yeah he was too bad he didn't win any rings but he was better or pools i saw yankees fans arguing about this which is yankees fans knock it off jesus what the hell it's like yeah pools was better what do you want me to say i enjoyed winning those five rings though so I don't Wait, really there get were people who are denying that Albert Pujols is better than Derek Jeter. Yeah. P- people think okay, Jeter is better than A-Rod. Under- I can understand that with Beltre, but Pujols, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. People say that about A-Rod though, too. Which, by the way, yes, A-Rod is also better than Jeter. But like, you know what? Jeter, there's no, no shame in being like the eighth best hitter of the 21st century. That's pretty good in my opinion. I would agree. Uh, so anyway, so that already annoys me. But I think... This one, uh, this particular conversation was more illuminating because we've had all the same things in the past. Broder, save percentages and all that great, things like that. So when you, if you could do the pro Broder argument, if you wanted to be honest and highlight something he has that no one else has, it's really his durability. He was an insanely durable guy. He always played a ton of games, mm-hmm. which is really impressive. I guess if you wanted to do something that would be hard to disprove, you would bring up like the him being able to play the puck made him an extra defenseman, which added to his value, his ability to play the puck. A lot of people say that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put a pin in that for a second though. Cause I've never been able to refute it, but another interesting wrinkle in this is that Berdur stuck a lot around long enough that there were actually, there are like some advanced stats, things to track about his career. So like not that advanced though. So I don't want to lose anyone here. This is what, this is why I'm interested in hearing from this because you're looking at, the most basic goalie stats suck wins yeah. bad stat. That's a team stat goals against average bad stat. Totally dependent yeah. on how many shots you take save percentage. That's the best common stat for a goalie because it's the, you doing your job. The percentage of time you save the puck. That's obviously Hashik did that better than anyone ever has. And especially if you adjust for era Hashik looks unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Broder looks less. So considering he never was top two in the league. So 
that's something, but that's as far as you can usually go because you know, there's not a lot of, you, you don't get really any Hashik seasons where you can do advanced stats. They started in 07, 08. So I'm not sure what Hashik looks like that year, but he split time with Osgood. So that was kind of, he was in his forties. He was like 42 at that point. Yeah. I think he, he was, was going to look good. One games that year. Yeah. And he didn't really play in the playoffs. So yeah. I don't know. It might've been fine that year, but Brodeur has a lot of games played after that seven seasons worth and buddy, they're not good. Uh, after so 07 08, he wins the Vesna. That's his last Vesna. That's one of the first years of goals saved above average. Now, if I'm losing you, allow me to get you back because earlier when I was saying save percentage was a good stat, you know, every hockey fan knows it's a flawed stat because it's partially dependent on where those shots are taken from. If you're facing a bunch of shots in the slot, a lot more likely those are going to be goals, or if they're not, you have to work harder and be more impressive as a goalie to make those stops. Goal saved above average gets rid of that by tracking where on the ice those shots come from, how many of them, and then deciding what, not deciding, taking every goalie in the league and saying this would be the average baseline and how many goals you save above it or below it. So zero, your average. If you get to like 30, you probably win the Vesna or should have won the Vesna. You're probably the best goalie in the league. You get to like negative 10, you probably shouldn't be playing no matter how many games you've played. Getting a negative 10 is a bad sign. But Brodeur is barely above water there. And I think what some of these things, and I have to give credit to our former guest, Jay Fresh, who is a, he's a big Twitter guy, lots of followers. He has, he has his own advanced stats site, right? Subscription based. Mm, yep. So he, he did a real deep dive on this. Like he didn't just like do the normal thing where you go, come on guys, this is stupid. He looked really looked into how good New Jersey was at defense because normally the defense is Broder's prime. They have two Hall of Fame defensemen and Ken Danyanko, who is a, a really good, that's <laughs> a guy that's your third best defenseman. Mm-hmm. And those guys were gone eventually, and the Devils were still good. They, did, they weren't as good in the playoffs, which I think is kind of telling. But in the regular season, like 05, 06, 06, 07, all the way through like 2010, Every year they were good and they were losing in the first or second round, but they were good. Then they got upset a couple of times. They had that weird series against Carolina. They had a couple other things, It's which is really interesting. But Jay Fresh looked into those stats and found that those were actually really good defensive teams, especially 07-08. No Hall of Famers on that team. And they were excellent. They were one of the best defensive teams in the league. And that's not, when you say best defensive team, it doesn't mean that these defensemen, you may or may not have heard of, like, all of a sudden are Hall of Famers, it means that your structure is really good, which was always the case in New Jersey. Of course, mm-hmm. it was always the case in New Jersey. Their structure was excellent. And that transcended coaches. Because if I'm not mistaken, they either won their three cups with two different coaches or they got to four cups with three different coaches. They fight. Lou was not shy about firing coaches, still isn't. So it's really, I don't know if you would call it the Lou system because it's really worked in the, with the Islanders as well these past couple of years until this past season. It's just this defensive structure with the guys who are really greater than the sum of their parts on one end of the ice, at least. Mm-hmm. And that seems what New Jersey was. And so you look at 2011-12 and a lot of people want to give Broder credit for that. Like, wow, that team stunk. Look at their blue line. And uh, I don't know, like their forwards are actually good. So I don't know what people are going to say about their forwards. They had Eliash, uh, Parise and Jesus, our dude that went to Russia. Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk. Uh, all on that team. So good forward group. And then you look at the blue line and go, that's bad. So this was a scoring team and Broder backstopped the bad blue line to the cup. 
and he was almost 40 years old or whatever he was. He wasn't almost 40. How impressive. But, you know, he actually was almost 40. I'm going to take that back. He might have yeah. been 40. So, like, you can do a deep dive on those stats, though, because that's not 1985. Those 2011-12 stats are there for someone who wants to track them. And people like Jay Fresh have tracked them or at least have crunched numbers. And this is, like, one of the best defensive teams in the league. They, it's not even just advanced stats. They didn't take on a lot of shots. The shots they took on were tended to be from far away. All hallmarks of a good defensive team. Like, regardless of what you think of the players on that team, which I agree, unimpressive roster, that's they, – they were good at defense. I think you're, we're really, really learning more and more just how good these teams that didn't have great rosters were at defense. Imagine how – analytically, I guess, the teams that would – that actually won and had great players, like the teams that had great rosters, what they looked like. Like these teams, this they were able to be one of the, the stingiest teams in the league without any good defensemen. They had two Hall of Fame defensemen before that. Imagine what that looked like. I think that kind of, that made me look into Broder with more doubt than ever. And another thing I just want to say before I end this rant is that Jay Fresh also looked into the more recent seasons to see how the defense fared when Broder wasn't playing to kind of fight back against the argument that Broder was like a third defenseman. And in some of these seasons, 2011, 12 in particular, they had no, no real discernible difference when the backup was in. So that's like, for example, that season, it's Johan Hedberg. Now, a lot of seasons, it's a bunch of small sample sizes because it's a bunch of different backups and Broder played like 70 games a year. But still, there's no real proof that when the backups were in, the defense was any worse. So I think that's a little bit overrated. I think him him playing like pre-lockout the before the trapezoid, playing the puck, I think that's better for offense than defense. Go on. In my opinion, because it gets the rush started because they weren't a good, great transition team. So having an extra guy to start the transition is a good thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it helps the pucks, not in that having a good offense helps your defense, but it's a, uh, I think those times if Roder had time to get rid of it, a defenseman might've anyway, but yeah, that's beside the point. So yeah, I think there's not that much evidence for the, these claims these people are making, whereas I think there's just a lot of evidence that they had for a little while, a great GM in terms of getting talent. And then even when they weren't getting as much talent, they just had this unbelievable system that seemingly until like 2013 or 14, no one could deal with. And even on the Islanders, the past couple of years, like 2019, 2020, 2021 teams had a tough time dealing with it. Like, especially in the playoffs, it's, Weird thing. But yeah, I, I would also like to say one more thing. I know I was going to say one more thing. Last thing. Guys, stop underrating Patrick Waugh. That's an everyone command. What is the matter with you? This guy maybe has the best playoff resume ever. And I mean that. I think he might have a better playoff resume than Hashik and more longevity. He has the he had uh, 19 years in the NHL from his as teenager to his late 30s. He was always above the league average and save percentage every season. Every season, he was above the league average and save percentage. Mm. It didn't matter. Montreal got bad for a little while when he was there. He was still good. End of his time there, the abs were kind of eh. He was still good. If you wanted to make the case for anyone, it's Patrick Waugh. Agreed. I think Waugh is very safely second. And to go off of a point that you had made or at least alluded to earlier, who's number three for you then? I'd have to think about it. I think there's a lot of people that I would – Definitely consider if had a Roder. I well, first of all, I think Lundquist. Mm-hmm. People probably hate that because he hadn't accomplished anything in the playoffs. But I think a lot of these uh, Rangers teams were 
terrible at defense. And Lundquist covered for a lot of that. And I think, think they're about- actually our numbers to show that. And I also think Ken Dryden, you yep. can make the case ahead of Roder. And there's other guys like Jacques Plant and Terry Sawchuk, like their old numbers look really, really impressive. Can I throw a more modern name at you? Yes. Would you put Luongo ahead of him? I'd have to look more into that. I don't know, but we it's a possibility. Next time. I think I would. And that's not just being a hater. I mean, Broder is obviously one of the all-time greats, but Devils fans, it's okay that he's not the best or the second best. Like, it's okay. Yeah, it, I'll, well, I'll trade you guys. We get all the players that you had, including Broder, from uh, 94 to like 2012. And you get the players we had, including Hashik. You want that trade, guys? Mm. You want one cup loss and a bunch of other playoff losses and then eventually a drought? No, you don't want that, do you? So I guess I guess you should shut up. Mm. Well said. Well said, my friend. Anything else that we would like to, to say on this very important issue? Hmm. I don't know. I think I will say that you have that Wah, Broder, Hashik era, which also included Ed Belfort, by the way. He really yeah. gets left out of these things. Yep. And then you had like an interesting era with like Lundquist, Rene, Luongo, as you mentioned. You had like a nice group of guys there too. Tuka Rask is someone mm-hmm. uh, additionally I could mention. And now it feels like we're not in a particularly good goalie era. I wonder if it's because scoring is getting better. I think the high end is really high end. Kind of like you're saying there. I think that there's definitely not as much talent spread across the league. I mean, even those guys you mentioned, like there's a few years in there where Ryan Miller's in that conversation too. Jonathan Quick, like there ben was- Ben, yeah, there was just a lot of really good guys playing in that era. And now I think it's, you know, maybe there's less of that level of starter, but the high is extremely high. Like the elite of the elite and Vasilevsky and Shesterkin, some of the best goaltending we've seen in years. That's true. Yeah, you have those guys up there, and you also have UC Saros, but UC Saros for sure. I mean, it just feels like fewer guys. I feel like yeah, I, I only named like a half dozen or like seven or eight guys there, but like it in terms of the last era. But it, yeah, it feels like if you just looked at goaltending, we didn't even mention Carey Price. Yep, Carey Price as well. Also, didn't mention like like pretty good guy like Varlamov, who's pretty old now you know right absolutely yeah well and let's think of it this way i mean who are who are the like the 10 best goalies in the nhl like if you had to weigh that i guess the point is is like the quality of the guy in the 8 to 10 range is probably significantly less now than it was 10 15 years ago yeah definitely i mean it's like there is almost an arms race for darcy kemper because you you need someone who's reliable like that. And there's not as right. many of them. And right. I think it's even worse because now you're dealing with, when you talk about Vasilevsky and Shesterkin, well, I don't know, how old is Shesterkin? Uh, 26, 27, I think. Let me... Okay, so yeah, he's a little bit. He's up there with Vasilevsky then in, in the almost later 20s. And I think Saros is too. The, the, there's a bunch of guys that are like, hmm, uh-oh, I thought you were supposed to be good. I think like Thatcher Demko is still up in the air, but like Samsonov, yikes. Yeah, he's going to be Shesterkin. Hart. Shesterkin's going to be 27 in December. Yeah, so see what I mean? The guy, who, who who's the best goalie under 27? Saros, maybe? I don't know how old Saros is. Patrick Demko? Yeah, that's what I mean. These these real young guys kind of suck. I don't know what to what think of Spencer Knight. 
Saros is the same age, actually. Saros is also a 95, so he's 27. Yeah, it's not good, guys. Not good. And you uh, know what? The, um, this age 27, there should be like this, I don't know what, 27 through 32, if you want to look at those guys as their prime. It's like, well, what about Bennington? Not very good. Like there's there's a few guys like that that have, have uh, not been impressive that you thought might be. Right. Let's see here. So to get to somebody who is under the age of 25 who in terms of ranking save percentage last season and again obviously as we all know there's there's some pitfalls to just looking at save percentage as a blanket stat you have to go to 17th which is i i guess unsurprisingly actually jake ottinger 23 years old to reach somebody who is under 25 and then after that you have logan thompson who is 20, but he only played 19 games. I mean, Jeremy Swayman, he played 41 games, but he's ranked 21st in save percentage last year. Hmm. Actually, I do have one last thing on the Broder argument thing, because I forgot to say this. When people make the case of like the 2011-12 the cup run, mm-hmm. they, they're like, oh, he led them to a, you know, a cup that year, blah, 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 not strong team. It's like, oh, that makes him equivalent to Anton Q. Dobin. Congratulations. <laughs> what do you, uh, like one, you're going to use one cup run where right. his save percentage wasn't anything crazy. Like that's, <laughs> he isn't even the goalie of that playoffs. A goalie won the con Smythe was way better than him. Jonathan Quick was mm-hmm. way better than that, the playoffs. Like, what are you talking about? Come on. I, and I, I don't like love to do the, oh, it was a weak year thing, but New Jersey got the six seed. And as a six seed, they got to play the three seed in the old format. And the three seed in a year where Washington had a down year was the Southeast Division champion, Florida Panthers. Can you name one Panther on that team? What year? 2011 12. Ah, jeez. Ed Probably not, but I'll take your word Let's for see. it. I'm going to look at Novo Cop. <laughs> yeah, like they got to play them, and then they got to play this Flyers team that was collapsing because Bob Rovsky couldn't like play goalie. And then they. Well, they did beat the Rangers, so good for them. They beat the Rangers in the conference finals. It wasn't one quiz best moment. If you wanted to actually get anyone else outside of Manhattan on his side about, or me, on his side about being a better goalie than Bruder, it would have been a good idea to, you know, win that series. <laughs> one quest. And then they got spanked in the cup. So, Bruder, no points. Oof. Yeah. No I mean, Jovo cop on that team? Um, we're looking right now. All right, let's see here. Wow. We're going to we're going to name some guys, Taylor. Does that sound good? Yes. We love to name some guys. All right, let's let's get down into it here. Actually, no, I'm Yes, he was on this team. Wow. All right, ready? Here we go everybody. Let's name some guys. 2011-2012 Florida Panthers edition. Thomas Fleischman. Is that their leading scorer? 61 points, baby. Oh, hell yeah. And then we got Stephen Weiss, 57 points. Ooh. Of course, our dear friend Brian Campbell, 53 points that year at 32 years old, obviously killing it. Um, let's talk more about forwards here. Christopher Stieg, nice little 54-point season for him. Ooh, baby. Thomas Kopecky, now we're cooking. Dmitry Kulikov, 58 games played on this team. Wow. Oh, yeah. Marcel Gock. That's a name. Marcel the show with skates on. <laughs> we got Jack Skilly. Ooh. 
Yep. Jovanovsky <laughs> was there. Sean Bergenheim. Oh, yeah. Scotty Upshaw for a little bit. Mm. Marco Sturm. Wow. This is oh, a little bit of David Booth action. By the way, I'm looking at this. Uh... Oh, you know who the starter was? Who? Jose it... Theodore, baby. Wow, that is bad. Wow. Okay, here's a crazy one. Guess who the up-and-coming goalie was at the time who ended up playing seven games in this season? Well, that's interesting because who the hell was – I mean, Florida's goalie was – years old. Is it – not Jacob Markstrom, is it? Yes, it was, Taylor. Good call. Nice. Wow. I was trying to think, like, who the hell played goalie for Florida after that? Yep, and of course – Not goes, him. <laughs> and he goes to Vancouver then in turn for Luongo. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then, of course, their backup, a real guy, Scott Clemenson. Yeah, but former Bro Black backup, actually. Come on. Look at that. Wow. Yeah, they had four guys on this team with more than 50 points. Wow. Go Good Brian for you guys. Campbell. Go Brian Campbell. Yeah. So I'm actually looking at the hockey news poll that's set things off. They did actually include Ed Belfort, but Ed Belfort only got two percent of the vote. I mean, which is fair because like it's not ranked choice. No, no right. one should be saying Ed Belfort is better than these guys, but no one should be saying that for Brodeur either. It's very close. Hashik ended up winning the poll, but there was a second poll, which I think is interesting. That is Grant Fuhr, Tony Esposito, Ken Dryden, Bernie Perrant. Uh Dryden won easily, which is good. Yeah. He was short-lived, but he had like he had an unbelievable uh, like six years with the Canadians. They won a bunch of they won the cup basically every year. They were unbelievable. But Grant Fear second. I kind of think Grant Fear is a little bit overrated just because yeah. I don't even have to make the case for why the '80s Oilers were a winning team. <laughs> and then um, the last a strong last... goaltending and defensive structure. <laughs> yeah, the last poll I think is actually kind of annoying with the choices, not with the the winner. Stanley Cup game final or Stanley Cup final game seven. Who are you starting? Do you have an answer? Hashik still. No, no, no. Current guys. Oh, of current guys? Mm-hmm. Of who wait, of like active NHL goalies, who would I start? Are you asking me who like the number one choice would be or the four guys? Well, who is your pick? We'll see if they're on there. Be Vasilevsky at this point. That's a good pick. I kind of agree with that. And he is the, the runaway choice. So that's not the annoying part. 66% took Vasilevsky. I'm annoyed by the choices because if you had a second person to put on that poll, second, Probably. third, and fourth, I'm putting, no doubt in my mind, am I putting uh, Eeyore Shesterkin, sure. Connor Hellebuck, and UC Saros as the other three choices. Okay, who do they have? But these guys are living in the past because they have Shesterkin, but they have Carey Price and Marc-Andre Fleury. What? Classic playoff performer, Marc-Andre Fleury. Great yeah. Price was really good in the playoffs last year. You might remember how he did in the Stanley Cup. <laughs> he was in the Stanley Cup like 13 months ago, guys. Mm. I don't think I'd be very interested in starting him. He also like hasn't played. What are you doing? Who is picking this guy? That's, yeah. He All right. What, Whatever. 10 games at the end of last season? Yeah. That's, he finished second here. Jesus. Yeah. You don't love to see that, folks. You really don't. Yeah. Good Lord. All right. Well, let's, uh, before we do anything else, let's get to our, uh, our sponsors. Can you guess who our sponsor is, folks? 
That's right. It's DraftKings. Wow. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, props, your betting options feel endless. So this is the part where I talk about a bet I like, and let me tell you about this bet. If there's a Stanley Cup final game seven next year, Carey Price will not be starting it. <laughs> that's my guarantee, my personal. That's a good, that's a good guarantee. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's, uh, I think if I were going to make a bet at this point, uh, I don't know. I haven't really thought about this one yet. The thing is so much as, far off i guess you know what i mean like golf majors are done tennis i don't I can't know what's going on in tennis i feel like there just was mma i don't know if it's coming back up again soon so and i've done a billion of these baseball ones so what if we do a football one let's do it a college football one. Ooh. tell me how the vols are going to do this year you want me to see what their over under is or, you know you can, you can you can tease the line so let me let me look at their schedule and i'll tell you how many games they're going to win Oh boy. Are you feeling mostly optimistic? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what their schedule is. Probably not a very tough schedule if I had to guess. They had a nice year last year though, which is, I enjoyed that. All right. We got, let's see. We got a game canceled already. What the hell happened? Oh, three. Oh, it's from 2020. Okay. Yeah, I see why that was canceled. All right, we got, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 games, plus a conference championship and two playoff games, so that's 15 and 0. Book it. No, okay, so it's uh, Ball State win. Pitt away. Shit, that's tough. Pitt win. No more Kenny Pickett. Akron win. Florida at home win. LSU lost. Bama, come on. Tennessee Martin win. Kentucky win. Georgia away. Good Lord. <laughs> Be nice. Missouri win. South Carolina win. Vanderbilt win. So you know what? I'm going to do a bold thing and say that they, you should be kind of comfortable betting Tennessee football to win 10 games this year for the first time in a little while. Wow. I don't know. I mean, the schedule sucks. So they could go 10 and three. I, I believe in them. 10 and three. Damn. They could do it. I mean, I don't know. Do you see a fourth loss there? I didn't see one. I guess I don't really know what's going on with Tennessee these days. So I, I don't think I could accurately say, but I'm going to take your word for it. And I think that everybody else should too. And if he's wrong, solely blame Taylor. That's right. All right. So best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. All right. So what else is going on in the world of hockey? Nothing? Well, no. actually, there is some serious stuff going on, and I haven't read up on it. So I'm going to do that for the next time we talk, probably. More, you mean with Hockey Canada? Hockey, well, I have some, I know some of the Hockey Canada stuff, but I feel like that's almost like nothing new's happened in a little bit, but it's been, it's been well covered. It's not good. And then, you know, there's also stuff going on at Michigan. The oh, the Michigan. Yeah. I didn't read the report, but I was reading stories about it yesterday and 
not great. Really yeah. bad. Really, really, really bad. That coach needs to be fired. I don't yeah. even think that he's under contract right now. I think he was up for a new deal, and it's like they, there's no way that they could bring him back. Allegations of abuse towards like berating players and staff and then reported cases of sexual harassment that he just did not act on or do anything about. I, I think Steve Shields also was a part of this as well because he was a coach there. Not him, not a part of it in terms of like partaking. I think he was one of the whistleblowers that ended up trying to report the coach. Oh, wow. Well, that's good for Steve Shields then. Yeah. I'd have to, have to look. I know I've gotten a lot of like notifications from the athletic and stuff about it. I was going to say, I read the athletic article about it and that's really, I think that's where the story broke if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Damn. Anything else going on in the world of sports or Brendan? The world of sports or Brendan? Not, not really that I could think of, I guess. I don't know. How are you feeling after the MLB trade deadline? Uh, I was feeling better before the Yankees got spanked today. Yeah. In general, I feel like trading Juan Soto is a, a monumentally bad idea. But I don't know what Washington's doing. They I'm are... just a lowly podcaster and not a billionaire. What do I know? Hmm. Probably more than a billionaire. About podcasting, definitely. And about other things, too. About Tennessee football. I bet I know more than the learners do. About <laughs> Tennessee football, I imagine. There you go. What about you, Taylor? Anything else going on in, in the world of Taylor? Not really. I played soccer yesterday, and uh, I'm pretty sore. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Oh, we could tease our guest for Monday's episode. That's not nice. We shouldn't tease him. He's a good guy. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Well, <laughs> no, we are the plan, at least right now. We uh, we just set it up today, actually, but we're going to be really excited to welcome for the first time on the podcast, Joe Yurden. He'll be joining us for Monday's episode. So make sure you guys tune in then for what's going to be a great conversation. We're going to be talking about the Sabres offseason, a little bit of draft talk, how Joe is feeling about the 2022-2023 season and beyond. So lots of good stuff to come there. A, a good, valuable august episode that's not going to be spent about debating nonsense that's good it's about time <laughs> agreed agreed all right everybody well thanks so much for tuning into this episode of straight up do, uh, do you have oh, any recommendations do i have any i'm guessing you do i don't know do i i haven't i haven't finished it or caught up yet but i started watching only murders in the bu- only murderers in the building mm. i like it yeah so yeah, you know what? Maybe that's my recommendation. Yeah, I'm I'm caught up. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. I'm really enjoying it actually. Yeah. Early on still, but excited. Yeah, watch it. Figure out the mystery. Are you in the first season or second season? First season. Oh, okay. See a lot of cool people. Nathan Lane's around. You probably haven't seen him in years. Uh, unless you're a huge fan of Mouse Hunt. <laughs> uh Steve Martin and Martin Short, tremendous energy bouncing off each other. Two of the two of the very best the business so much experience you can try to figure out what's going on with selena gomez's whole demeanor uh, she actually her performance is pretty good though i don't know man i don't know you don't think so i mean i'm only i think I like three episodes in i think she's fine i think that they're like comedic tones were well hers works well with those two like i feel like the contrast there it, it works yeah see when it's meant to be a contrast it works well when it's just like every scene is her like totally blank and expressionless 
and like no uh nothing nothing going on in her voice it's just uh bizarre bizarre choices i say mm, it's, it's incredibly okay. flat performance okay. i think overall we will continue to to monitor and watch then as i i watch and catch up yeah uh i guess that's my recommendation then i don't know if i actually saw anything since i don't know the captain's on maybe i'll recommend that when it's done we'll see hey i'm thinking actually also by sunday when we record i will have seen everything everywhere all at once very excited for that Ooh, when you've seen it i don't know yet i realized you can rent it already and i know you said that it's better to see in the theater last or whenever we talked about this recently but i mean i have pretty good speaker set up in my living room and if i could rent it and not pay ten dollars to go see it at the movie theater i think i'm gonna do that but i'm really excited about it though nice nice yeah because i think it actually is it's out well, it, it stops playing in theaters on Friday, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case, at least when I was looking on the Regal app. Uh, Sad, but yes. All right, any last thoughts, Taylor, before we sign off? Nope. Okay, all right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to the Great Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Check out all of our fellow shows on whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. And while you're on whatever streaming platform of choice that you use to listen to this episode and any of the other podcasts, make sure you're leaving Straight Up Sabres a nice review. We would very, very much appreciate it, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We would appreciate any feedback and any good ratings because Taylor and I desperately need external validation. Right, Taylor? That's right. Speaking of that, follow us on social media. You can find (laughs) us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres. And last but not least, as Taylor had mentioned before, head to DraftKings, use that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday, again, featuring Joe Yurden. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend. This has been Straight Up Sabres.